For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. It is your Manchester United recap. I know everybody, has, this is a, a widely anticipated podcast uh, with, a, with a great showing from Newcastle United. We are here to bring you all the details surrounding the miraculous 4-1 loss to Manchester United. And with me is the best damn coalist in the land, Elijah Newsom. <laughs> yeah, um... I'd like to apologize on behalf of uh, all Newcastle fans. And uh, I mean, honestly, I would like to apologize on behalf of nobody uh, because uh, like if you watch that, like I'm sure you, you, you regret the, the 90 minutes you spent watching uh, <laughs> that, that awful match. Yeah. Um, hey, shout out to, and we'll get into this in our weekly episode, but Hey, shout out to all the people who didn't watch and instead uh, donated their money to, to a good cause and all that good stuff. Um, always, we're going to be supportive of that and, and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, I'm super stoked to talk about a just wonderful match played by Newcastle. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter and see me cry about Atlanta sports, it's at Elijah underscore Newsome. Um, and uh, I also have funny tweets on there as well. And some Newcastle tweets, some hot takes, actual hot takes. I'm surprised I haven't been canceled by Newcastle Twitter yet. But um, also, CHN underscore podcast. Follow us there. Uh, for not only updates from us, but from the false nines, and of course the main account at coming in UFC, um, and that's that's just where banter happens, and our articles appear, and all the good stuff like that. Yeah, and give me a follow at in UFC Greg if you really want to. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll hear about the youth team. Yeah, you may. You never know what's going to show up there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we'll we'll get into the match. So it, it was it was brutal. It was a four to one schlocking. Uh, it should have been about that, but uh, the the big criticism, and and we're gonna go into a lot of detail. I'm sure the rest of this season, but specifically this show about Steve Bruce and the tactics that we continue to see. Uh, we'll talk a lot about that. But first, as always, we'll start with your three words. So after every match, we ask you to. Type three words to describe the match, and we had a lot. Thank you. Thanks to everybody. Yeah. Uh, um, that tends to happen when Newcastle just shit the bed completely. It's like, oh, yeah, there's 303 words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so do you want to – Elijah, do you just want to pick some favorites? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick some because I've got some on the main account as well. Um, I can start off with one uh, to kind of just set the tone. Uh, it's actually kind of a – it's a, a teaser for a head of, of the show. Um, it, I quote tweeted from the main account, one of Steve Bruce's quotes. 
and um, we'll definitely address this later. And someone just said, there's your three words, work in progress. So <laughs> if you know the quotes, you'll understand that little three words reference. Um, mm-hmm. Greg, it's on you. Uh, well, got to go. always go with Trevor. Uh, Trevor Mooney says, Brucey's always shite. Change up a little bit. And there, that was a lot of what these were. Uh, yeah. Was in between uh, get Bruce out, Bruce's shit, same old shit. This is how you know it's bad. Yeah. Uh, my boy James Whitmore at J Law Broski at J Law underscore Broski said, "Get Carver back." When fans are calling for John Carver to come back, <laughs> that's 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 yeah. not good. That's that's the opposite of good. Some may yeah. say. <laughs> um, um, at Sav Mondo, a Newcastle oh. Twitter celeb. Celeb. She says, she says same old shit. <laughs> like a lot of a lot of everyone said that as well. Um, our boy Justin at underscore best underscore smart. Uh, wait, underscore best underscore smart. Uh, he says, okay, let's play a game. I'll tell you the three words, and you have to guess what order they go in. So, Greg, here are the three words: Steve, out, and Bruce. Oh. <laughs> mm. Out, Bruce, uh, Steve. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> um, Boxcat underscore industries at mm-hmm. Boxcat underscore IND. We are fucked. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, my boy Darren Graham at Daz Graham 22. No plan B. Uh, to be fair, Daz, I don't think, well, I'm going to call him Daz, even though his name's Darren, but I, I'm guessing he goes by Daz too. Daz, I don't think there was a plan A if we're being honest. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, there. Yeah, you're right. No plan B, also no plan A. Yeah. Shout out, uh, shout out. Um, what's that thing called? The 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 Twitter handle that you. No, I was gonna. I, I was making a plan B joke, but I forgot what uh what what the thing that women go to to like for women's health. I forgot what that was called. Um, Planned Parenthood. Yes. Yes. <laughs> wow. Not a good night to be Elijah News. <laughs> Oh man. I'm canceled. I didn't know. Uh by the way, I do support Planned Parenthood. I just yeah. forgot called a huge fan of Planned Parenthood. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh so yeah, most of them were just kind of the same thing. Uh just what well, like keepers, keeper legs optional by Alex Paxine. That's a good um, one. Yeah. yeah. Poison this is like, Kebab <laughs> I, I, at I, Joe I, Bay 07. That's a good one too. <laughs> yeah, like I would say as we kind of move away from three words and then kind of just like general thoughts of the tone, I, I want to – I think what was so interesting about this match was that every single bit of criticism that Steve Bruce has faced, like usually you get like one match where like the selection's bad and like that's the reason the team is doomed. Or like one match where like the team sheet's great but the tactics are bad. Or like Steve Bruce doesn't make subs, or Steve Bruce doesn't make like, or Steve Bruce doesn't, uh, you know, remove an injured player. I'm thinking about Jamal Lascelles last season. I think it was a cup match where like he got injured and he was hobbling, and Steve Bruce just wouldn't take him off. But to like that match, we got the perfect storm of literally everything, every single criticism surrounding Steve Bruce. It was actually poetic in in a sense. It was it was beautiful. Um, not great for us, but it was beautiful <laughs> to see like every single one of his criticisms that everyone has had for him over the past year, all in one match. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's get into it now. 
Uh, let's let's talk about these ineptitudes. Uh, and the first is the selection. Um, we can get a lot about. We can definitely talk a lot about this if you need to. But uh, I'll read the starting lineup. We had Darlow, Kraft, Fernandez, Lascelles, Lewis, Hayden, Shelby, Hendrick, Jolinton, Saint Maximin, and Wilson. Uh, for the subs, you had Gillespie, Cher, Mankio, Fraser, Murphy, Almiron. And Carol, Elijah, take it away. I think uh, Chris Woff, a good friend of ours, he came with this article last week about like why hasn't Miguel Amaron been selected? Blah blah. And a lot of people like it on his article. I mean, people were agreeing with him. You know, like he says that his big thing is that Miguel Amaron lacks kind of that 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 final third decision making he's raw in the final third he doesn't have the the end product blah 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 etc cetera, et cetera. that's what chris waff says i respect chris waff but this is where i get confused is that it'd be it'd be something else if like miguel Aaron was being dropped for someone who who does have an end product in the final third a, a could a really good decision maker in the final third someone who's very composed in the final third someone who's making you know, not only runs, but also playing the right passes in the final third. And it's like, he's just not being replaced by any, by any player like that. Like Jeff Hendrick outside of his first game, hasn't really shown that he's that much of a threat in the final third at all. And then Joel Linton is Joel Linton. Like I, I want Joel Linton to succeed. I, or Joel Linton, I don't know how to say his name. I want big Joe to succeed, but to say big Joe is better decision-making in the final third or Miguel Amaron like literally makes zero sense. Um, and I think it's, it's at this point, it's like, like it's, it's almost, I mean, and I'm not trying to be a homer as you guys know, I'm obviously biased, but like I was, I said, Sarah, I was like at, at a certain point, it's like, you got to put Ryan Fraser or Miguel Aron in because like that front three or at what we thought was a front three or, or front or that attacking three supporting the striker of Hendrick Jolinton in, in ASM, like it worked, but it only worked because ASM took over. And, and it's not something that's ideal. And you look at, like, the inform, the, the, the form of Fraser and Almond over the international break, and it's, it's a crime not to play either of them uh, to start. And I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, like, at all. I mean, you look at Newcastle's numbers, and, you know, you want, you want a, a, a Cam uh, to be a guy who leads the team in assists. And oh. Miguel Almond right now does lead the team in assists. He also leads – he also is tied. I mean, we only have a few goals in the Prem, but he's tied. Uh, with everyone else with one assist, despite playing the least amount of minutes, like there, there's no real like reason, I guess, to like to 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 benching him. And I mean, I don't know. That was the first thing I noticed was like, it's I don't know why you wouldn't start Miguel. I don't know why you wouldn't start Ryan Fraser. Um, I mean, that's the whole reason everyone was excited about this season was the prospect you, of ASM Fraser and Miguel. That Almiron traveling from South America could have played into the decision. You know, I thought that at first, but for like a hot second. And then I realized every other player who traveled from South America also played. Like, uh, I, I tweeted about this with someone. I mean, Aguero paid, Aaron, uh, like all the, the, both of the Brazilian, not Brazilian, Argentinians who played uh, for Leverkusen played. I mean, all of Man City's uh, South American players. So, like, Richarlson and James Rodriguez both played despite both of them starting and playing 90 minutes every single time each one of them played. Like, I, I think that that's a, that's a, that's an interesting excuse. Um, and someone tried, and I said, and at that point I was like, Hey, I'll give him benefit of the doubt. Yeah, sure. Travel's tough. And even though every other South American player who played 
um, that week also started or played at least 45 yeah. minutes yeah. of their match. Like, I'll, hey, I'll, hey, whatever. That's whatever. But Ryan Fraser, I think, is a bit unexcusable because, like, Jeff Hendrick had the same exact schedule as Ryan Fraser. Like, Jeff Hendrick played three matches for Ireland, started them just like Ryan Fraser played three matches for Scotland and started them. And you're still choosing Hendrick, who we know is not the answer at right mid. You're still playing him ahead of Ryan Fraser. It, it, it makes zero sense to me, um, the, like the thought process behind Steve Bruce. And then like we saw the formation and I'm like, all right, okay, I kind of understand it, but I don't agree with the formation. <laughs> I guess we can kind of get into the formation. Uh, yeah, just uh, one real, one real quick thing I wanted to mention is at the start of this match, if Newcastle were to win, they would go to second place. Yep. Okay. Just, just that, wanted to say that. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so kickoff started and it was a four, one, four, one. Hendrick yeah. and Shelby were playing just in front of Hayden. Jolinson was on the right. Same accident on the left and Wilson up top. And it immediately worked. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was a weird formation and we've seen it before. I think the last time we saw it might've been a cup match and Miguel Amaron was actually playing in the 4-1-4-1 as one of the midfielders. It was very odd. Um, and again, it was weird because it was like, why not play a 4-2-3-1? But here we are, 4-1-4-1. And then for the personnel selected, this somewhat made sense because I think I think it's not far fetched to say that Jeff Hendricks probably better centrally than he is out wide. Makes sense, like you know he was already covering for John Joe centrally before. But what doesn't make sense is that Newcastle's not played a four one four one with with like this personnel. So you're just gambling on this working against Manchester United, and it's like, I mean I don't I don't I don't understand like the logic behind that. And it didn't seem like the players knew like what their roles were going to be in the four one four one. I mean, Shelby and, and Hendrick were up way too, they were up way too high and just weren't pressing or anything. So they were just standing there super high of the pitch. And like immediately, I mean, I mean, obviously we'll talk about the goal that happened, but the, in the events right after that, our midfield was getting absolutely d- diced by the likes of Fred and Scott McTominay. Um, now we're not we're not playing Paul Pogba like it, it's Fred and Scott McTominay and they're just walking through our midfield because Shelby and Hendrick are just so far out of position. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was there was a lot of things going on <laughs> wrong here. Um, and it, well, well, let's talk about the one thing that went right, and it was a, a kind of a it was a joke that it went right, but uh, we scored instantly. Yeah, and shout out to Emil Kraft. Yeah, Emil Kraft. Uh, it was it was Callum Wilson that played it to Saint Maximin on the left, and then he played it inside to Shelby, who uh, caught Emil Kraft overlapping. So Shelby pinged it down on the right, and it was a low cross. It it went off of Shaw's foot, looped over De Gea, and we got a goal. Yeah, and I mean, people were questioning uh, Emil Kraft's inclusion in this team sheet. Like, that was probably the other big surprise for a lot of people. I think everything else maybe made sense. I think people were I – th- I honestly think people were expecting Hendrick to get dropped ahead of Joel Linton. Uh, I think at this point, I think people kind of recognize that – like, he also wasn't bad last – not last week, but two weeks ago. Like, he, he wasn't bad la- uh, the, the last time he played. 
and he hasn't been awful this season. So I mean, I, I kind of understand putting Big Joe there, whatever. But the other big surprise outside of Frazier and Miggy not being in the starting lineup was Emil Kraft being in the starting lineup uh, because Javi Mankio is just so much better than, than Emil Kraft at the right back spot. Um, and so, I mean, I guess Emil Kraft proved the haters wrong um, because he had that cross that deflected into the net. So, yeah, so yeah. And it was, a, it was a great shot by him. He obviously knew that he was going to deflect it off of Luke yeah. Shaw. And he knew that. that it was going to deflect off of Luke Shaw's like outside foot. Yeah. Yeah. So we, said, yeah. I shoot this like this and it will deflect here. And then, it, yeah, yeah. De Gea won't be able to get it. So I'll just do yeah. it now. Yeah. So that's what happened. Uh, but moving on, uh, one thing of note is Shelby was like, he wasn't playing a 10, but way. He was like up very forward, which I thought was very hot. Um, it was it was him and Hendrick were like playing in the space behind Wilson, and then Hayden was essentially a fifth center back. I mean, a fifth defender. Um, he was like there was a huge gap between Shelby and yeah. Hendrick and Hayden. Like Matt, the entire midfield was wide open. Uh, but yep. it wasn't until about fifteen minutes in when. Manchester United started hitting the chances. Uh, Rashford got into space and and we were able to deflect it from the corner. Just We just essentially from this point over, we, we just bunkered. Yeah. Um, also, Callum Wilson got hurt. But uh, also, uh, by the way, we bunkered, but not well. And I think that's, no. that's the annoying thing is that like someone mentioned like, you know, they were upset. They were like, Blah, blah blah like people are not people are mad at Steve Bruce um but like people were never mad at at you know when we did this or Rafa and how many times do we have to teach you this lesson people the reason that we're not mad when Rafa chooses the bunker is because one the team was good at it like we weren't giving up four goals when we were bunkering like that just that didn't happen two there still was a clear system we had a a forward in Salman Rondon who was a target forward, who was good at holding up. That was his biggest strength. Like it was, everyone knew this. It was his biggest strength. He was able to hold the ball up and he was great at passing out of those hold up positions. He would hold the ball up and we've had two outside forwards running in and, and who were pacey running in, play the ball to him. That's how you create your chances all on the counter, blah, blah, blah. Like that. There's a reason John Joe Shelby wasn't in the team because like his skill was not needed. There's a reason we got ball playing center backs. When they win talent, they win challenges. Foreign Lejeune or Fabian Share, they knock it forward they, with an accurate pass. Again, something John Joe Shelby's not capable of. An accurate pass to Salman Rondon. And then boom, you have your people running and behind. With Steve Bruce, we like they bunker, but there's no there's no positional awareness. There, no one knows where they're supposed to be. They don't know, like, I don't even know if they know, like, are they doing zonal marking? Are they man marking? Like, you don't know. And it doesn't adjust with the team. With Rafa, it's like, we're playing Man City. All right, well, what we're going to do, we're going to we're gonna be really compact. So they're going to have to play out wide. They're going to swing balls in, and they're going to have to swing balls in to our three center backs who are massive and bigger than their four short forwards, like in Kevin De Bruyne. Like, there was a system. And with Steve Bruce, there's not a system. It is just, like, go out there like defend and that's it. And that was the frustrating thing about the bunkering was like, if you're going to bunker, at least bunker well, like at least like prevent them from creating chances. And, and that just wasn't happening. Yeah. Uh, completely agree. We'll move on. Uh, then we had Bruno Fernandez 
goal that was no longer a goal. Uh, Mata was offsides. And then a um, little bit of back and forth play before we got the McGuire goal. Um, it was from a corner and Harry Maguire headed it, nodded it low and it bounced up and, and beyond Darlow and into the, into the far corner of the net. Um, one, one right there. And did we pretty much knew, we knew it was over at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Any comments on that yeah. play? No, I mean, it, again, this follows up Man- Manchester United passing the ball four times in our box and it only being ruled offside just barely before they scored. So, I mean, the writing was on the wall. I mean, if you're allowing teams to pass literally in your box before this, this goal happens, like, uh, like you're not winning this match. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the 40th minute, we had a little shit uh, switch, I guess. Uh, Hendrick went to the right – or, sorry, Hendrick went to the left of the three central midfielders, and Shelby went to the right. Uh, I, I, I'm ex- – I, I guess – idea was to protect Lewis more, um, but I'm not sure. I mean, that didn't do anything. But uh, and, and another thing of, of, of mention, so, so it, it went into halftime 1-1. Uh, Carlo Darlow rescued Newcastle. Um, that Rashford was just like had a machine gun shooting at the net, essentially. Um, and and Darlow was, was plucking away as many as he could. Um, it was a nice little lead for the Newcastle, but it was all uh, outside of one St. Maximin 20-yard shot. It was all, all, all Manchester United in that first half. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Uh, Want to take a break? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, we'll take a break, and then we'll get you the second half right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels, home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, second half started. And... Yeah, it got worse. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it, it it got worse really quickly. Yeah, it, it was um, a restart of St. Maximin on the right. Jolinton was on the left, which is Jolinton's best position. That's the other thing I forgot to mention at the top is he started Jolinton on the right, which I was like, why? Like, and and St. Maximin on the left. I was like, what? what is the reasoning for that? I just was really confused. Uh, but so he switched that to start the second half, and uh, Isaac Hayden went down. Um and that wasn't that that looked like it might be an issue and it was uh hayden came off looks like a muscle injury uh share came on to replace him and he went into that like that role right in front of the back four that that hayden had um shortly after that st maximin had had a couple opportunities he had a good chance like just he's just so good um but i think he did a little too much on this play but he he kind of dinks across in and, and Wilson got a foot to it, but um, De Gea got it off the line. Uh, but great play by him. Uh, then after that play, immediately after, St. Maximin and Jolinton switched sides again. St. Maximin went to the left and Jolinton went back to the right. I, I'm just like, I wouldn't, like, I don't understand why he keeps doing this. 
I don't see any positive to it. Because because there because there there's no there's no rhyme or reason to anything he does. I mean, it's like all right, well, this tat like we're not creating any chances. His first move is like, all right, wing swap, bro. <laughs> this isn't FIFA. Like wing swap doesn't do anything. Like if you don't know like the the strengths and weaknesses of your players, like, mm-hmm. ugh, gosh. Uh, I, uh, but like real quick though, uh, I will say Fabian Chair did better than expected in the CDM role. Yeah. Yeah. Because like it was so bad in the summer that like he literally could do anything but be directly responsible for a goal and it would be better. So yeah. he was not directly responsible for a goal. Ergo, he was better. He also yeah. like was a much better like honestly, like I will have to say this, his passing um has been has returned to its its brilliance, I guess. And like I'll say like a lot of the the balls he played forward um again, not really like you know, Isaac Hayden doesn't really do this um, that often, so it was nice to have a little bit of change of pace. Um, but the balls he played forward were, were good balls. I mean, I mean, he, I don't say Maxim got on the end of a couple of them. I'm pretty sure that chance that you were just talking about was started from a Fabian chair, like long ball over the top to Alan say Maxman, or maybe he might have been running. I know that there was one chance Alan had that was a direct result of a share long ball. So, I mean, uh, I guess that's a net positive from this match. Yeah, and then we got into the dicey parts. So right after the another odd wing switch, uh, it was Jamal Lewis. Uh, I went to bar, um, and it was a Jamal Lewis foul on Rashford in the box. Uh, ref gave it, and Darlo did the thing. Darlo did the thing. He denied Fernandez from the spot. It, w- it was a great save by him. Jojo uh, was able to clear the ball. Or well, like he was able. It was a McGuire header, I believe. That Jonzo yeah. uh, cleared, and then yeah. um, I mean, it was that was awesome. Dar- Darlow's like getting that moment to shine, and and him to keep us like to give us a little bit of hope. There was a big win. Uh, what do you think about the penalty? It'd be I mean, like I'm not really morally opposed to it. I mean, it's a foul in the box. Yeah, Jamal. Like it's it's. I mean, I, you call it unlucky, call it unfair, but I mean, it's a foul in the box. Yeah, like, I agree completely. I didn't know if we were going to have a different opinion, but we're dead on there. Yeah. Um, now, if you ask me about Pickford, phone. that's that's different. Pickford should have been sent <laughs> off. Yeah. But anyway. Um. Yeah, so went back into it again. You know, Darlo was really struggling. Uh, he got hurt on that save. Um, and... Gillespie was warming up and just, you can see Darla was just stretching, not looking good. Uh, Newcastle were trying to get back into the game. Uh, Darla was limping. Like he was literally limping. Yeah. He was like stretching and like, he was like doing all this weird stuff back there. And it was really odd. And by the way, like I want to mention that after that penalty, there was like, I think two or three instances, they had a couple corners and we had two or three goal line clearances. It was like, I think one of them was Fernandez. And like you said, Shelby had one of them. Like, it was like writings on the wall for them to get a, another goal. Yeah. And yeah. and also Darlow, like like you said, he injured himself on that save. And then like you saw a couple, you know, on the ball it, it was an offside save, right? On Rashford, yeah, the off, right? yeah. And you saw a couple like they'd swing in a couple crosses. He'd jump up to grab the cross and then come down and like literally like put all of his pressure on one side of his body. So his like I guess 
right hamstring, didn't have to take any of the the, the pressure. Like, the guy was in pain. Um, and this is, like, the 70th minute. Like, mm-hmm. it, there's, a, there's a good chunk of the match left. It's not like, oh, hey, Gaffer, I'll play through this because there's five minutes left in the match. No, it's, there's, like, a 20 minutes at least left in the match when this is happening. Um, and, you know, again, visibly limping, like, I don't know, couldn't even really punt the ball. Like, it was it was bad. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then 72nd minute we had in the, this is in the middle of all this is Joel Linton came off for Ryan Fraser. Yeah. Um, and then the, the medics went out to treat Darlo during the substitution. <laughs> um, and then Joe, uh, Gillespie was just club. getting ready and not getting ready. And then w- even crazier is like Darlo got a goal kick. Like, I don't know, like five minutes after the sub. And he just tries to absolutely crush it, just boots as far. I was like, are they just going to run him through the ground? Is that the game plan? I don't know. It was – you're getting to this point. It was like, we may get a point from this. And, like, what should we do? And I think Bruce was thinking, like, we may get a point. I can't – like, if Darlow can stay in there, then I got to leave him in. But, yeah. I don't know. But there's a moment as a manager where you're looking at a player, and it's like – especially with keepers. Like – I think, you know, you had the selves thing. It's like, you know, if you're if you're a less mobile player, you can kind of play angles. Like, I maybe I get it. But with the keeper, like, you're asked to put your body on the line 24-7. You're asked to make acrobatic saves. And Darlow, his save style is he's an acrobatic – like, he's very acrobatic in all of his saves. So it's like – like, you're running the risk of, of losing this player for much longer – just because it's like you're you're wanting to hold on to try to get one point from a match where you're being severely outplayed. You've got 20 minutes left. You have to figure a goal is coming because you're not creating any chances for yourself. Like you have to cut your losses at some point and be like, all right, I want to keep our backup keeper, especially. And this is the thing that annoys me is that especially after, you know, Dubrovka is going to be out till December. Like, that is something that was confirmed last week. Like, you cannot afford to go down another keeper because you have three keepers on the roster. Like, that is it. That's all you have. You have three. So, like, if you can if you can save one, like, out of the, the – if you can save one of two possibly injured keepers, you should do everything in your power to do so. And, like, I mean, but it's Steve Bruce. Like, we knew he wouldn't do it. I even tweeted out a meme. It was a guy, like, who's sweating and has to choose between the two buttons. And it was, like, subbing off an injured Carl Darlow or subbing on Jacob Murphy in the 90th minute and, like, Steve Bruce kind of freaking out as to which he's going to do. Because you knew that he was going to do that. Like, it's a Steve Bruce sub pattern. Like, he was mad he had to make a sub earlier um, for Isaac Hayden, but he was going to make a sub in, like, the 75th minute, sub in the 80th minute, and sub in, like, the 88th minute. And of course he did one in the 72nd minute and like we, everyone knew it's like, all right, well, he's trying to get, you know, probably sub someone on in the 80th or 85th minute or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm done with it. Yeah. Just, just whatever. We'll keep moving. We'll keep moving. And here's where it gets really ugly. Uh, we had our Fernandez goal uh, to make it two to one. We are absolutely just torched on the right-hand side. Uh, Rasher gets into the area and, and Fernandez overlapped down to the left. Um, he stayed on side, received the pass, and he curled the ball into the top right hand corner for the goal two to one, Man United. Yeah, it's a good goal. I mean, good goal. 
then right after that goal, we had Hendrik come off for Almiron. So Almiron could save us for two minutes. Um, weird that we didn't have a change in formation. I was expecting that, but it was Fraser on the right, Almiron and Shelby in the middle, St. Maximin on the left, and Char was super deep. And then goal. One Bissaka. Three one. Dude, it is so bad that they uh, there was a, a comment after the match, and it was like I think it was Bruno Fernandez interviewed, and they were saying he was basically saying like it was Bruno Fernandez or Paul Pogba that was like we went we went up to Aaron and I mean Aaron Juan Bissaka and be like we didn't even know you could shoot. It was like his first goal in like three seasons or something like that. It yeah. was absurd. Like yeah, he he like advanced past our defenders so easily, and then just it was a absolutely fire shot. Like Jamal Lewis got torched. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then right after that one, Rashford, who probably could have had a hat trick today. Um, he played, he was played through at the very end, finished it under Darlow, made it 4-1. Um, direct, straightforward goal. And that's it, folks. Yep. We had a Golazo calculated goal from from you, Croft, and then all went downhill from there. <laughs> I mean, I think one of the most impressive things uh, that was pointed out to me and I pointed out to folks in our Slack, I think I saw it. Someone tweeted at me. I mean, I there were, what, it was 4-1. Like five goals scored in that match, none of them by Newcastle. Wow, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's a stat, but. Yeah, that was a stat. Um, okay, well, do you want to take a break and then we can get into the other stuff? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're going to take a break, right? We'll be back, though. It's not going to be a long break, so we'll just do that right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toonami app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, Elijah, let's talk mm. quotes. Are you ready for this one? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, Seaver said, we were beaten by the better team. The disappointment was there were we were naive in the end. Callum Wilson had a big chance, but De Gea pulls off a wonder save. It might have been a bit different. The, the disappointment was that we conceded four in the end. We left wide open spaces in behind that uh, behind us. As we know, that is you do against the top players. It becomes very difficult. They were a handful all night. Some of their forward players and their movements, we found it difficult, but you stay in it. The score from the free kick we had and broke away. And then towards the end, we were a bit naive. Carlo Darla has been fantastic. He was brave when he needed him to be. You know your, your goalkeeper will have – to play well against the big teams, and I hope he will be okay next week. Um, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. I wait, did I wait? Did you mention the the stat I referred to earlier in the three words about we, new? Oh yeah, yeah. We were unlucky. Yes. Sorry. Yes, yes. Yeah, you did. yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. We're there. very unlucky. Yeah, we were super unlucky. All right. Uh, do you have quotes before we go into stats? Because we got some stats. Uh, no, I'd love to hear all the, the stats. I mean. Okay. Um, so it's our worst 
home defeat since April of 2014, which we lost to Manchester United 4-0. Um, Juan Mata scored in that game. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> and we've been beaten 3-0 uh, four times since then. Uh, Watford did it in November of 2017. West Ham did it in December of 2018. And Leicester in January of 2020. And Brighton last month. Uh, but we hadn't given up four since 2014. Uh, we failed to register back-to-back Premier League home victories. We haven't done that since December of 2019. And for the this is an odd one for the sixth time in the last seven matches against Manchester United, Newcastle scored the first goal. Oh, yep. Um, so here's some other stats. This is the big ones, the most okay. concerning ones in the Premier League this season. Newcastle are 19th in the Premier League in gold goals. We're 20th in the Premier League in Expected goals. That's okay. good. We're 20th in the, in the Premier League in shots. We're 20th in the Premier League in opposition box touches. And we're 20th in the Premier League in possession. Yep. Uh, the lowest possession in the Premier League since August of 2003 was Cardiff. Um, the 2018-19 Cardiff City near Warnock. He had 33.9% possession. That's the lowest ever in the Premier League history. That 33.9%. Newcastle sit at 33.6 right now. Good. Of course. I mean, Bruce Ball. Uh, That would be the lowest possession in Premier League history. Um, In the top uh, six leagues, is it six? It's Italy, Spain, Germany, France, France, England. England. In the top five leagues, Newcastle have the lowest expected goals per game than any other team in all of those leagues. Again, not surprising at all. Just like, like Greg, nothing you're saying is surprising. Hold on, hold on. Like, One more. Oh, gosh. One more. This is more Steve yeah. Bruce-oriented, but with managers that have managed 300 or more games in the Premier League, the lowest win rate is Tony Pulis at 30.4% until you get to see Bruce at 27.8%, which is the lowest of any manager with 300-plus games under their belt. That includes Sam Allardyce, Mark Hughes, uh, Joe Kinnear, Tony Pulis. <laughs> yeah, see Bruce is worse than all of those. I'm just speaking facts. These are just facts. Yeah, I mean, that's all we have here. Yeah, yeah, it's facts. <laughs> I mean, and the crazy thing is, we knew that C. Bruce was historically a bad winner before we hired him at Newcastle. Like he already had the lowest win percentage in Premier League history. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't what like. Uh, okay, best and worst is that was next. I have a best. No, player. I got more stats. Oh, there's more stats. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. I got more stats. Uh, we had 0.87 expected goals, so that falls in line with our one. Uh, Manchester United had 2.22. Uh, so expected goals said Manchester United should have probably won 2-1 to one, uh, instead of 4-1. to one. But 
the end result is still the same. Elijah, you have the fair, most expected goals. Uh, maybe I don't say Maxman because that shot in the top was it the Callum Wilson one? Yeah, yeah. Because that shot by St. Maxman wouldn't have been an expected goal; it would have been an outrageously good goal. But you're not oh, expected yeah, yeah. to score from that. I, like I was thinking, I was like that's just like an insane save for any yeah. keeper to make. But yeah, you're right. Like a tap in is more yeah. of an expected goal. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, do you know who would have the most expected assists? The hint is it's the person who gave it to Callum. Yeah, I'm saying Maxman. Yes. <laughs> um, none of them had uh, like Callum Wilson had 0.65 expected goals. Say Max with 0.62 xa. Um, 73% of the chances went to Manchester United. Uh, they had 28 shots to R7, 14 on target to R4. Um, passes completed within 20 yards of goal. Manchester United, 12, us, 3. Expected points, Manchester United, 2.38, us, 0.42. And that concludes our stat. Oh, no, it doesn't. 538. Okay. And then I promise I'll stop the torture. Uh, 538 still say we're not getting relegated. That's good. Uh, but we're close. Uh, they have us in 16th. They think we'll finish 41 points and six points clear of Sheffield United for relegation. They have Sheffield, Fulham, and West Brom going down and Burnley in between us and the bottom three. Oh, man. Uh, Newcastle with a 26% chance of getting relegated, a 1% chance to qualify for the Champions League, and a less than 1% chance of winning the Premier League. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. All right, now we're done stats. We can go to, to worst player. No, let's go to best player first, because okay. I think we both agree there's only one player who deserves any praise. It's Carl Darlow. Carl Darlow, um, yeah. I mean, he he kept that game close as long as he could, given yep. the fact that the, the defense was symbolic. Um, Man United had so much of the ball. Quality of players is one thing. Like, I think, you know, two seasons ago, you can go with, oh, my gosh, Man United, they have 400 million pounds worth of players, blah, blah, blah. Man United have stunk this season. They've stunk for the, the last season. Like, they, like this was rumored to be – if Ole Gunnarsson, whatever the hell, the hell you say his name, if he lost this match, he was going to get – Ole Gunner. Ole Gunner Sarvison, whatever. No, it's just Ole Gunner. Okay, well, old Gunner, if he had lost this match, he would have been fired. And yeah. Pochettino or someone else would have brought, been brought in. But they are bad. And so at this point, you can't even say that. Newcastle were in a decent run of form. They just got outplayed in every regard. And I don't know if it's, it's not a player thing. It's it's a, a, a tactic thing, blah, blah, blah. And despite all that, Carl Darlow still kept Newcastle in this match for like 65 minutes. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know, dude. Uh, yeah, he's easily the best player um, and played injured, blah, blah, blah. Let, let's get in the worst player. Let's get into worst player. Who's your worst player? Uh, my worst player. Yeah, is I'm gonna give it to. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to Joe Linton. Okay. He did there. absolutely. He did nothing. He but, was he was a ghost. Yeah. But, but again, that that's not different yeah. than what he was last year. Yeah. <laughs> it's still worst. Yeah. I guess. No. I mean. I don't know. All right, I've got one. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm sick and tired Ooh, of this. Oh, go in. John Joe Shelby should not be starting for Newcastle United. Ooh. He has produced literally nothing for this team this season. It is – it's frustrating, to say the least. Um, John Joe Shelby, 
if you want to go, if you're not an expected person, we'll just go stats. Zero goals, zero assists, two yellow cards. That's what he's produced for Newcastle for, for that. Mm-hmm. 72% passing completion, 20% percent crossing completion. Again, for your best passer in the team, these are terrible numbers. Like 72% is not good for a midfielder, like at all, because midfielders, like majority of the time, they're playing short passes. This just means John Joe Shelby's just knocking the ball forward to literally no one. And it's not like there's, he's not knocking, it's not like he's knocking it forward to no one. And like, you know, it's because the players up there are bad. Colin Wilson's very good. He's used to playing long ball. I don't say Maxman's incredibly fast. Like, if he played the balls correctly, they'd be there. <sighs> expected goals, expected assists. Let's see. We're going to go that route. Let's see. What does John Joe Shelby offer in the table? 0.5 expected goals, 0.3 expected assists. Not great. Per 90. Not great, Bob. Obviously, his per 90 is zeros across the board. Expected per 90. 0.1 expected goals, 0.07 expected assists. It's bad. Mm-hmm. It's it's really bad. And it's it's laughably bad. And you know who like is elite? Like there's there's three players that lead this team in expected goals, assists, expected per 90, et cetera, et cetera. Cal Wilson. I mean, he's lead he's leading the team in scoring. So obviously his expected goals are higher than everyone else. He's got PKs. He's also expected goal and assists is higher than everyone because he's got a couple assists. He's got one assist and four goals. Whatever. Alan St. Maxman, again, not surprising. Plays every match, plays a lot. Always looking dangerous, crossing the ball in, has a goal, has an assist. You know who's third, Greg? No, tell me. It's Miguel Amaron. Mm. You know he's 17th in the league in passing percentage despite not having an end product in the final third? Mm. It's Miguel uh, Amaron. The meal craft. Oh, Miguel Amaron. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, – Statistically, he's the 17th best passer, sorry, according to, to football reference. Statistically, he's the 17th best passer when you combine all his passing stats um, than anyone else. I, I just don't understand why John Joe Shelby's on this team, like 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 in the team. like Because he's clearly not doing the one thing that we expect John Joe Shelby to do, which mm-hmm. is to be, you know, like he's, he's supposed to create chances. He's supposed to play these long balls. He's supposed to play the perfect ball. And I think you saw it at most Saturday where he would play balls and people would be like, oh, that's the right idea. Like the commentators, not the fans, the com- that's the right idea. It's not the right idea if the ball's going to literally no one. Like it's, it's, it doesn't count. And so he's not doing the one thing that he's supposed to be doing well. And you already know he's a bad defender. So he's just a liability out there at this point. If he's not producing anything for you offensively, and he's obviously a terrible defender, you need to drop him from the team. I don't care if he's important to you or if you like him or he's a good ladder, he works hard in training, or like you feel bad for him because he's bald. It doesn't matter. He sucks. Like he's bad right now. And I think that's the annoying thing is that like John Joe Shelby was dropped from Rafa Benitez's team because again, Rafa saw John Joe was not good at the things he was supposed to be good at. He's inconsistent at them. Yeah, sure. Every five or six matches, he'll he'll have a masterclass or whatever, or he'll get, grab a goal or something. But for the most part, he's just pinging the ball over the pitch to no one. 
And Rafa's like, that's not going to fly here. I'm going to bench you until you can prove that you can do it on a consistent basis. And John Joe's all pissy about it. And, of course, Steve Bruce let him do whatever the hell he wants. And it worked out because last season he was okay. But for the most part, last season, John Joe had his moments. But 60% of the time he was ineffective. He wasn't good. He was he was never our man of the match. Like, it wasn't John Joe Shelby unless he scored a game winner. And even then, we were like, he wasn't that good. He just happened to get the goal that won us the match. So I'm, I'm over it. I mean, at this point – like I would rather bunker down and I mean, this is going to happen. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously Isaac Hayden being injured complicates things, but I would rather have Jeff Hendrick and Isaac Hayden sitting behind and just defending and just trying to pass it forward to Miguel Allen, say Maxman, Joel Linton or Ryan Frazier, because like that should be where your offense is coming from. Like we, we can't rely on John Joe to, to, to be our source of offense and when that doesn't work, what ends up happening is like what's happened with Man U. Like if John Joe's off his game, the game plan is just let's knock it forward to Allen St. Maxman and let him run at defenses, which, hey, that's great. It's great we have a dynamic guy like that, but that cannot be your offensive system. It can't be like, oh, we got to hope John Joe Shelby can deliver good balls to Callum Wilson. We got to hope Allen St. Maxman can dribble through defenses. That's not a system. Um, I mean, I guess that turned into a bit of a rant, but like it's annoying that John Joe Shelby is still just given this like, grace as a player when he's just not good right now like and i'm not saying he won't be good in the future but for the time being there's no reason to kill to see to keep playing him and, and he's going to keep playing because we have injuries now but like it is it's awful it's awful it, it's 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 awful yeah well uh just to to add to it uh three players were given a seven or higher for newcastle according to his scores John Joe Shelby, one of them. <laughs> Alan St. Maximin, the other. And Caro Darlow with an 8.22 rating on who scored. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just over. I'm over it. Yeah. Newcastle sitting 13th, seven points through five matches. Um, we are three points away from third and six points away from first. Yeah. Um, okay, Elijah, you got anything else you want to you want to add on before we depart? This I mean, I'm, uh, it's I'm very solemn nothingness to, that is Newcastle United. I'm just curious to see what we do uh, going forward. Um, yeah. I'm not really sure the status of Carl Darlow. It's been pretty hush hush since the weekend. Not sure the status of Caden. Um, but those are two key misses for Newcastle. Um, you already know how I feel about Mark Gillespie. He's a fraud. I mean, he's he's a thir- he's not a fraud. He's a third string keeper. Like, I don't I don't like our chances against Wolves with Mark Gillespie in goal. I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. Or Mark Gillespie, whatever his name is, whatever it is, I don't like our chances with him. Either, either one, it, like I don't think it's going to go well. Yeah, either one. Um, and Andre Isaac Blake, Hayden, though. Sure, I I, yeah, I would love Andre Blake in Newcastle over Mark. <laughs> Gillespie or Gillespie or whatever the hell his name is. But then you look at Isaac Hayden and it's just like he, I mean, I understand he's limited in what he does offensively. And sometimes he has those matches every so often where he's, he's just produces a little bit offensively, but as a defensive midfielder, especially with how unorganized Newcastle's midfield is, that's a big miss. Uh, he's if he's missing uh, a substantial amount of time so it is a bit worrying especially going to a stretch of matches where Newcastle could have picked up a couple points 
Um, it's a weird season, and I understand that, but still, it's it's just disappointing how that match ended. And I think, like I said earlier, it was a culmination of everything that we were upset about Steve Bruce with. I mean, the subs, the injuries, the like, why are you bringing on Miguel Amaro in the 88th minute? Like, what the hell does that ever accomplish? You're already down two goals. The game's over. Like, there's no reason to bring Miguel Amaron on for for, uh, for five minutes. It like, lit- like, you are better off literally subbing on Jacob Murphy for the five minutes because neither one of them is going to make an impact. Like, there's nothing they can do. And if they do, it's like... Like, yeah, sure. What if Miguel gets an assist? Yeah, we lose 3-2. Like, I don't know. And then, like, of course, Cardarlo, like, he's injured. Why is he still on? It, it, there's so much that was wrong. There was no system. And I think, I think that's the frustrating thing. And Cameron brought this up. He said, everyone's mad at Steve Bruce, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, everyone's just mad. I think our anger's misplaced. And it's like, no, we're not mad. We're just... We're genuinely just trying to figure out what does Newcastle look like under Steve Bruce because every single match is different. Like he says he wants to play expansive attacking football, but like we don't see that unless Newcastle get lucky. And that's the annoying thing. It's like his identity is just luck uh, and just being lucky. And that that's not an identity. That's not, that's not something that will win you matches. It's not something that will keep you in the prem. Um, but yeah, I mean. Mike Drop. Mic drop. That yeah. that's that's going to be it for this show. Uh, you will be getting our weekly show as usual on Wednesday. And we got a lot of news to talk to you about about that one. So you'll be getting that. By one the way, us. way more positive. I mean, U twenty threes, Newcastle women, great showing. Newcastle fans, good showing. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a good episode. It'll be yeah. a good episode. It'll be a good false, episode for sure. False nines. We got to remind the people. False nines are going to be dropping. That will be in your ears Thursday morning. So yeah. Uh, so you're getting you're getting a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday bangers. Oh yeah, CA10 podcasts. Uh, so that will conclude our Man United recap. I'm your host Greg Troxel. That's the best damn co-host in the land. With with some pretty good rants today, Elijah Newsome. This is the greatest song in the world. Coming home, Newcastle, and we'll see you tomorrow probably. Uh, away the lads. <laughs> Love you guys. Like sitting inside a fridge But I wish I was on the case side Looking at the old time bridge I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the club again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home To be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the river tine. I'm coming home. Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how we I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He 
plays a mean accordion. You've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes. There's so many famous names. Like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the darkness in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the river tide. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Hilly Howie. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dog, it's in James's park, in the Gallagher's end in the rain, I'm coming.